the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good evening, family. Happy first Sunday of Advent, the first day of Advent. Now, the word Advent is, uh, is simply just means to prepare and to wait. Now, what are we preparing for, and what are we waiting for? For Christmas, exactly. We're waiting and we're preparing ourselves for the coming of Jesus because as Christians, we believe that there's two comings of the Lord. There was the first coming of Jesus 2,000 years ago at Christmas, and guess what? There's another coming of the Lord. Jesus will come again. And so Advent is remembering these two comings of Jesus because we have to be ready. We want... Jesus to come into our lives today so that when he comes back again, he doesn't say, I don't know who you are, but he knows who we are and we know who he is. And we're ready and we're prepared to receive him and for him to receive us. This time of preparation is important for all of us. And God, or the, the church gives us Zechariah as, as a beautiful example for us to pray with. Zechariah, we know, is a priest. Zechariah is blameless before God. It says that he follows the commandments perfectly. Now, when the angel comes to him, he is in the temple, and he's performing this, uh, this service before God, which was given to him by lot. It was happened by chance. Now, a priest at that time would have waited his whole entire life to be able to offer incense before God. So this was like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. It says that he believed. It says that he, um, he, he uh, followed the Lord blameless. But when it finally came to God answering his prayer, he was silenced. He was silenced because it's, the angel says very clearly, you did not believe the words which I had spoken to you. So he's coming to the temple. He's doing this act of service. But deep in his heart, he has doubt. We might be wanting to blame Zechariah. We may be wanting to say, well, he was a priest, and he was in the temple, and he was doing all of these things, so how could he be not believing? How could he not believe the angel's words? If we put ourselves in Zechariah's shoes, we'll see that Zechariah is a beautiful example of what you and I today are, are being called to do, which is, to wait on God's time. To wait and to prepare and to follow God's time and not our own time. Zechariah and Elizabeth probably would have been married at a very, very young age, probably at 13 or 14 years old, and they were praying for what? What does it say? They're preparing, they were praying for a child. They wanted a child. They weren't asking for a mansion. They weren't asking for a Bentley, right? They were asking for a child. What a beautiful thing to ask for. But it didn't happen. Now, I would say that Zechariah didn't just not believe because he just wasn't a good guy. It says that he followed the, the Lord. Zechariah, after so many years of not seeing the change in his prayer when he prayed, not seeing any changes or not seeing any results... I think that what happened to Zechariah is he kind of just went through the motions, but deep down in his heart, there was disbelief. There was a frustration. There was a lie 
that creeped into his heart that told him, God has forgotten you. That God has forgotten you and that God loves everybody else maybe more than you because he hasn't given you a child. That God has forgotten you or maybe that you're not as good as everybody else or you need to just try harder. You need to be better and then I'll love you more. Maybe then I'll give you a kid. And there is this disbelief, this discouragement because she wasn't seeing what he wanted. He wasn't seeing that. You would imagine that if they were praying for a kid from when they were 13 or 14 years old, all the way until they're probably at this point 70 to 80, maybe even 90 years old. 60, 70 years of praying and begging and asking and no change could be frustrating. How many of us today are waiting for a change? We're waiting for God to do something in our lives. And when we don't see it, we get frustrated. and We begin to think that maybe God has forgotten. Maybe God doesn't care. Maybe God is busy with other people and he forgot about me. Maybe God loves other people more than me. Even though we know that that's not true, the lie can seep in, the discouragement, the despair, the hopelessness can want to come in and creep into our hearts. And even though we're going through the motions like Zechariah, we're coming to church and we're praying, deep down in our hearts, we're questioning. We're questioning. Questioning is not always a bad thing. Sometimes God allows us to go through situations where he knows that it's going to make us question, but the questioning and even the doubt is supposed to lead us to faith. Questioning and doubting is not always bad if it leads us to seeking answers, if it leads us to cling to God more. What's beautiful about Zechariah and Elizabeth is they never stopped and they never gave up. Never stopped and never gave up. He still came. He still did his duties. He still made that effort. Even though deep down in his heart, Maybe he, there was a little bit of doubt. But he never gave up. My brothers and sisters, that's what all of us are being called to do. That God's timing is perfect. That maybe because we, we go to God only because we want something, God wants to test our hearts and he wants to stretch our hearts. And he wants to see, are we going to remain with him? Are we going to love him? Are we going to serve him? Are we going to follow him with all of our hearts? Whether or not we get what we want or not. If you look at the whole big picture, you'll see that if God would have given, if St. John would have been born and God would have given Elizabeth and, and Zechariah a child from when they wanted it, maybe in their early years, would John have been able to fulfill his ministry to prepare for the coming of Jesus? No. If John would have come 40, 50, 60 years before Jesus, would he have been able to be the Baptist, would he have been able to prepare God's people for coming of Jesus? No. So you see, when you look at the bigger picture, you understand that even though they didn't understand it, because they were listening to that lie, they were listening to that lie that God had forgotten them, that God didn't love them, that God cared more about others, that took them into a dry spell. They were not able to see the bigger picture. Today, you and I oftentimes have that same lie. When is my life going to change? When is my health going to change? When is my spouse going to change? 
When is my husband going to change? When is my wife going to change? When are my parents going to change? When is my job going to change? When is my financial life going to change? When am I going to find a spouse? When am I going to get married? And it's this constant, when is this and when is that, that leads us to this place of becoming whole. What happened? Is it over? Okay, all right. So what God wants for all of us, my brothers and sisters, is to be silent with him. That's what he did with Zechariah. He wanted Zechariah to wake up. He kind of wanted him to kind of hit the reset button. So what he did was, he wasn't punishing him necessarily. We look at it as God was punishing Zechariah because he didn't believe. Well, yes, there was some sort of retribution. There was some sort of reproach, of course. However, I look at it much deeper. I see that God was actually inviting Zechariah to kind of go and retreat with him. Zechariah, be silent with me. Zechariah, listen to my voice. Zechariah, you've forgotten what I sound like because you've listened to the lie that I've forgotten you. And I want you now to be silent with me so that I can remind you of my voice. How many of us today have so much noise in our lives? So much noise from the people around us, social media, the noise that's in my own head that's, that's negative, that's dark that's leading me to a dark place, that's making me forget what God's voice sounds like. God today is inviting us this Advent to go on a silent retreat with Him. A silence so that we can hear His voice, so that we can know His love for us once again, so that we're not listening to the junk, but we're listening to His truth and His love and his mercy, and his presence that's constantly there. But guess what? We're not listening. We're not listening. And we're not giving God our ear to speak into the darkness. We're not giving time to listen and to look at God's bigger picture. Instead, we're looking at social media all day long. We're looking at the news all day long. We're looking at one another and we're comparing ourselves all day long. And we're not listening to God's voice. His voice, that's the light amidst the darkness. So my challenge for us this Advent, just so you know, Advent is is kind of like a mini Lent. So traditionally in the church, in Advent, there's actually a fast that comes along with it. Most people don't know that. And we might be thinking, a fast during Advent? What about kuleche? And what, what about Christmas cookies? Right? That's what I'm thinking about. I'm like, how am I not going to have Christmas cookies during, during Advent, right? These are all the things that we like. You know, we're all, we all have a million Christmas parties to go to, and it's going to be a little hard, but I do challenge us. I challenge you today. Fast from something during Advent. To spend some time to be silent with God. To make room for God. To speak and to renew us to make us one, to make us new again, to make us reborn, right? With the birth of Jesus, we are called to be reborn. How do we do that? we got to get rid of the mess. So I would challenge you, maybe fast from a type of food, but more importantly, I would challenge you, challenge fast from social media. If you have Facebook, Instagram, 
Snapchat, all of the devil's favorites, okay? I mean that. Silence that. Give God the opportunity to speak. Because what the devil wants is to make your heart and your mind race just like that news feed. You see that news feed that just doesn't stop and you just keep scrolling? That's what the devil wants. He wants to make your head do that all day long and create more anxiety and more worry and more depression and anxiety. That's what he wants. Turn it off. Because guys, God's voice is in the silence. In the silence. There's a peace that comes with the silence and the devil doesn't want you to know the secret to peace. It's in the silence. You feel that? You feel the peace that comes with the silence? That's where God speaks. Something else that I would highly suggest we do during Advent is there are 24 chapters in the Gospel of Luke, and if we would begin maybe December 1st, and we go a chapter every day, we'll finish the chapter, or the Gospel of Luke, and we'll be able to listen to God's voice one chapter a day. We all got time again for our social media and for our friends and for everybody. We can, we can read one chapter of Scripture a day. And that one chapter is a simple way of being silent and to listen to God's voice. So that God's voice will bring us back to life. So that God's voice will strengthen us and give us vision once again. So that amidst all of the darkness that's around us, God's light and God's truth will shine. And we'll have peace and we'll become renewed. So that at Christmas, it's not just Jesus being born, but you and I will be born again. We will be born again with Jesus. So that Christmas is not just another day where we just give presents, but Christmas is a really, a truly, a new birth with Jesus and through Jesus. May you have a blessed Advent. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. together and trust our souls to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit forever. Oh Lord, Almighty God, we beseech and implore you to fulfill your grace in us and pour out your gifts through us. May your divine mercies and love be for the remission of debts and the forgiveness of sins of all your faithful, whom you have chosen for yourself in your grace and mercies, O Lord of all. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit forever. Amen.